the fire. There are still moments when the secular anti-truth people can't compel us against our conscience. It was amazing. Here's a league that will let you kneel against virtually everything else, but kneel to pray, they actually have a rule against that. But look, when life comes down to the basics, like what kind of person am I? What kind of life have I lived? These life and death moments where the game didn't seem to matter, virtually every one of those guys got down on their knees. Not to protest, not to advance an agenda, and to almost say, we don't care what the rules of the league are, we're gonna pray to God for Hamlin, for his family, for his life. And so some of the toughest, you know, even the meanest men in our mm-hmm. culture, uh, kneeling to pray to God. I think when we start to publicly say, you know what, we don't care what the rule is in this case, we're going to do what we know is spiritually and ethically right. Welcome to Through the Fire, cutting through the passions, clearing the smoke of the cultural confusions of the world today, talking God's love and God's solutions from a biblical Christian worldview. And now, here's your host, Marie and Gregory Seltz. The doctors are in. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to Through the Fire, where each week we try, really try to make sense of what's going on out there from a moral, biblical, and psychological perspective so that you can live your best life for yourself and the ones that you love and cherish. But you didn't say, hi, I'm Marie. Okay, I'm Marie. And I'm Greg. <laughs> Welcome to Through the Fire. Yes, Happy New Year, everybody. <laughs> well, there you go. Happy New Year, honey. And I can't believe it's 2023 right now. Man, it went by so fast. 2022 we, went really fast, it, didn't well, it? Well, the year seemed to go slow, but the last part of the year went real fast. I don't know. I think the whole thing went you fast. Did. Yeah, and I but, think... But, I mean, we had a good time. I mean, the celebration, Christmas was good. Yeah, it was quieter this year. Yeah. It was quieter this year. We had fun at New Year's. But we always have good Christmases, generally. Yeah. It just seemed like, I mean, we it just seemed like we took, you know, caught our breath and boom, it's over. Yeah, that's That's what I mean. I'm still kind of putting things away. Yeah. Well, Uh, the house is, yeah, but maybe it's because the house was, you know, we were doing so many things this year. Some we had to do, whether we liked it or not. Right, as far as. By the way, you did a good job with that, too. It's a lot of pressure. Well, no, it was. Well, it, so happy new year to you too. Okay. 2023. Yeah. Yeah. This is going to be, I mean, you know, if anything, it's always a, a good reminder that we can start afresh, right? Every yeah. morning, every year, every day, it's always a new beginning, which is a great blessing. So back to our program. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Let's, and speaking about life. Okay. Mm-hmm. Seeking to live our best lives. Okay. Yeah. That's an ongoing challenge, I think, especially today. And, and that's why I love the emphasis of courage in today's program. Yeah, me too. I mean, what better uh, resolution or challenge uh, could we have for 2023 than to live courageous lives of faith for others? But, you know, but I guess, you know, and this is where I struggle a little bit. I guess my first thought was, why do we need courage to do that? I mean, courage is like, man, you're up against a battle and, you know, you have to put everything into it. Why, just to live a good Christian life, to try to live a moral life, why do we need courage to do that? And that's a good question, right? I mean, one of the unfortunate realities in our culture today is that many, many people are caught in cycles of brokenness and fear and doing what is right, even just for themselves, seems like an impossibility. Um, and you and I have spoken before about courage. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it was in the first year of our podcast that we, we talked about that, but not with this emphasis. Well, and that's what I was going to ask first, just from your point of view. I mean, is there a psychology to being comforted by remaining in the fears we know rather than mustering up the courage to make a change? Mm, I mean, it, that's a good question, really. I mean, 
Yeah, you know, with many making New Year resolutions right now, you know, resolutions are essentially goals, you know, which are statements of desirable objectives that we want to accomplish. And, you know, we can give up on those objectives and goals and stay stuck and unchanged because we're familiar with the behavior of that. And even if we are emotionally uncomfortable, the emotions are not foreign to us. But making a change, a real long-lasting one, uh, takes intentional and mindful effort that are, you know, we have to have smart, measurable, achievable, realistic, and time-bound goals. Okay. You know, so, I mean, that's <laughs> very, it, it sounds like a lot, but that's the only way to really do it. Okay. And, you know, and it helps to also have, you know, support, uh, a supportive circle to successfully make those long-lasting changes and keep it. But that's not always what one gets. And sometimes those you most care about will not like the changes that we're making. Well, there's something to that, too. Yeah, and they won't want us to change, and they want us to stay the way we are, or they don't understand our wanting to change or the reasons for it. And, you know, even if they're the ones that will benefit from the very changes we're making, Hmm. uh, they may be the ones that are most critical of our resolutions. So that's a real toughie. I mean, there's a lot in that. There's a program in your paragraph. (laughs) (laughs) Am I saying a paragraph? How do you know it's a paragraph? Well, I mean, I'm looking in your mind right now and I'm (laughs) I'm seeing it. But yeah, but I mean, there's there's so many things about it. And, and what you just said there, that the people that you're trying to change for might not even like it either, right? Right. Wow. I mean, but if we know what we are choosing and declaring to do is the best thing for ourselves and those that we love, then we need to really dig deep and evaluate and affirm those reasons and, you know, affirm and evaluate our progresses every, you know, every single day. And that wow. takes courage to okay. stand up. Back to courage. Yeah. Yeah. And, and But, you know, so there's more to this, though, than just the psychological challenges to courageously do what's right. Yeah, and I think I think that's the thing that doesn't get talked about a lot today because uh, first, you know, there is our weaknesses, like you were just talking about there, which get in the way of doing what's right. And even the weaknesses of those for whom, you know, we're trying to do that change. But uh, uh, Ephesians uh, 4 kind of lays some things out for us to think about today too. Um, the Bible talks about our tendency not to want to change. You know, that we want to stay in our infancy. Is that what your problem is? Well, not me, because I actually <laughs> liked when I was about five years old. I felt really good about myself. I wonder, I even said to my mother, why do I have to change? <laughs> but you know, when it says that, that God doesn't want us to be tossed back and forth by the wind and waves of every wind of teaching, but then he talks about the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. Mm-hmm. It tells us to speak the truth in love, and then we'll grow up in Christ. So our first challenge, I think, is to even see beyond just our brokenness or our unwillingness, but to see our actual sinfulness, uh, a deeper brokenness, even when we know that something's right. We just don't want to do it, you mm-hmm. know? But here's mm-hmm. the, there's a second thought to this, too, and I think this is where the Bible pushes us even more in talking about being courageous, and that's the deliciousness of temptation, mm. uh, where we actually enjoy being rebellious, enjoy mm-hmm. doing what we know isn't right, and, and that's what I love about uh, the the temptation. You know, the Ephesians passage again. It says, "Speak the truth mm-hmm. in love, the mm-hmm. truth, not my truth, not your truth." And I think we're living in a time when the truth is under assault as well, and that's why that's a major reason why courage is needed. 
now yeah. to speak the truth in love and to live faithful lives now more than ever. I see that too. I mean, that's happening even in my field of psychology. Just this past mm. week, yeah. Dr. Jordan Peterson, who I admire, admire so, yeah, well, so we very both much. Do. We enjoy listening oh, to him. Oh, so, yeah. so much. A uh, person, you know, he, he builds his practice and his teaching on the truths in the psychological literature. Right. And is he's being threatened right now by the College of Psychologists in Ontario. You know, I, and I want to jump in and just say, mm-hmm. he's always saying, I've reviewed the literature. I've studied the literature. I know the literature. I've and got he thousands does. of Backwards, people. Backwards, forwards, up and down. Right. Yeah. And yet they're, they're actually going after this guy Absolutely. as if he doesn't as if he talks shoots from the hip which he doesn't right and right. so this college of psychologists of ontario who like the apa here in america okay. the american psychological association they have ordered him to undergo re-education therapy for his <laughs> right. public views not on professional psychology and science like he talks about which he knows but on his politics wow dr peterson is being threatened with the loss of his professional license if he does not submit Isn't to that amazing? yeah to what amounts to thought control. And they are attacking Peterson's teaching in such a way that they are demanding his obedience to ideologies that have no basis in the psychological data at all. None. Right. And they're demanding that he go to this re-education camp, which he has to pay for hourly, by oh, the way. Does he really? Oh, it's so much money. Yes. And they, they're, they're telling him <laughs> oh, so many gosh. hours he has to take. Yeah. Or he will lose his license to practice. It's wow. amazing. I mean, they are trying to force him to bend to the relative notion that there really is no truth anywhere. Yeah. And I think people, uh, folks, we need to really understand this because this is a movement in our country too. We still have freedom of speech here. Uh, Canada doesn't really have what we have, but notice what they're willing to do to you. Mm -hmm. Uh, Wow. Well, listen, this, this phenomenon of my truth, um, it's not, there's, it's nothing new. I mean, that's what's so funny. If you read the Bible, I mean, a lot of this stuff, you're like, okay, this is, goes all the way back into the Old Testament, the book of Judges in the Old Testament, which talked about a chaotic time. Now think about this. They said there was a chaotic time, even in the, uh, among the people of Israel, which was supposed to be a more civilized society mm-hmm. back in those days. So almost 400 years of this, where people did what they thought was the right thing. And here's how the judges... Uh, Actually, it was more than 400 years of that, uh, right? Well, I mean, this particular time of the yeah. judges itself okay. was about 450 years. Yeah. I mean, this goes way, way, way back. Mm-hmm. But it's... It, I mean, again, but to give you an idea of how long that is, that's longer than our country's been in existence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So in Judges 17, it said this, the writer sums up the misery, the chaos, saying everyone did what was right in their own eyes. <laughs> My truth, you that's know. That's right. The idea that everyone should get to define for themselves what's right and what's true, that's not a recipe for success. That's a recipe for disorder and, and disaster. And mm-hmm. today, that's not only the mantra, that's the challenge mm-hmm. uh, f- to that that is laid on those who have a courageous faith in God. So buzzwords like true, um, uh, true courage, uh, you know, again, it, it's opposed to things like, it feels right, find my own truth, follow your heart, as if those were noble and upright. But again, Scripture goes on in, in response to this. It says, hey, the way of the fool is the one who does what's right in his own eyes. That's Proverbs 12. Do you, and then it says, do you see a man who's wise in his own eyes? There is more hope for a fool than for him. That's Proverbs 26. And then even in short, whoever trusts in his own mind rather than God's is foolish. That's Proverbs 28. So again, mm-hmm. this is nothing new. Mm-hmm. Whoever trusts in his own mind rather than God is a fool. Wow. Okay, so courage is needed to make change, and today is no exception. And, and those are kind of fighting words, though, too, but those are God's words, not our words. And mm-hmm. I think that's, and so this challenges us, too, even as your hosts. I mean, mm-hmm. these are from God. So I think sure. I think we're at an, an inflection point. You know, when, you, when someone says, um, 
Why do we have to be courageous right now? I mean, what's the big deal? And I think in our culture, we are at an inflection point. Mm -hmm. You know, when you see this happening in Canada, people like Jordan Peterson, Mm -hmm. when I talked about it's happening in Finland to Mm -hmm. to bishops and to, it's coming here if we don't stop this. So, Mm -hmm. but then here comes the the scripture again saying abiding in the truth Mm -hmm. will set you free. Abiding in our truths will lead us to bondage and dependency. So, and limitations. There, yeah. <laughs> and so there are many people and forces that would love to rule us rather than let us be free. And I think we're seeing that politically, personally, spiritually, psychologically. So, I mean, again, you brought up Jordan Peterson, but I'm also thinking of, and this came from my work in D.C., Coach Kennedy, That's you know, right. kind of a similar yeah. thing. Here's a football coach. That who, went on and on for a long time. Oh, yeah, almost, again, almost bankrupted him. Mm-hmm. But he, he, here's a guy who treats his players very well, coaches very well, great community guy. What was his sin, you know? His offense, his, his great offense, offense. His great offense. He, he prays at the 50-yard line long after the game is over, prays that God would bless both teams, bless both schools, and bless those who came that night. I mean, what? <laughs> you know, was it before or after the game? After the game, okay. long after everyone yeah, left. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was fired for praying because it could possibly give the wrong impression right. to the players, to the fans, and to the community. Right. It's ridiculous. Yeah, and what was that impression, right? And I think that's. I what mean, we're talking I get offended about. every day. What am I? I mean, please. <laughs> yeah, we, and, and again, that, we learn to tolerate even things that offend us, right? <laughs> that's right. But, but he, or you should. I think he gave them the impression, and here's what I think's going on there. That, there, that God is bigger than us mm-hmm. and that there is a God. There's something bigger than us. There's a personal God. There are moral truths that desire our fidelity, allegiance, and commitment. And these moral truths are boundaries mm-hmm. and the directions to bind us together. So, you know, if he can pray to God in public, it's got to be stamped out by those who don't believe in truth at all. And I think that's actually what they tried to do to him. Yeah, and you're right. I mean, Coach Kennedy suffered tremendously for right. for merely praying for others at the 50-yard line. Right. I mean, they fired him. They took his livelihood, litigated against him in court for years. For years, yeah. And I, I, I mean, seriously, I don't know how he emotionally, mentally, and financially made it through the process uh, or was, you know, until he was able to finally realize such a great outcome, finally. And I don't even know what that, and the impact it had on his family. Yeah, I mean. We don't even talk about that. Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see because uh, that the same thing with the cake baker, you know. And, That's and he, dragging on and on I, over and I, over. And when I met him, and one day he just broke down because mm-hmm. the, it was starting to really weigh on his family, his mm-hmm. children, you know. Mm-hmm. So, again, yeah, the process is the punishment. Yeah, right now, too, right. in our country, and I, I, I despise that too. Yeah, but. the process is there, and that's they know that, and that's why they continue to go on and on, yeah. pushing and pushing. Even when, whenever one litigation has been resolved, right, then they right. start again. Well, and I just think it's funny because so the, even if you're right, it's going to take courage. And, and to be right, and to be right is to be truthful, to be kind, to be humble. You know, right is is righteous. It's a beautiful thing. Um, the government's coming after people yeah. who actually stand on Well, not to the confused things. and evil, it's not beautiful. Right. What, what, right. Well, so, so people who, and when we say, well, what do you mean by right? Well, people who believe in the Ten Commandments as a way to, you know, it, the government's even coming after folks who stand on those things, and it's meant to instill fear and obedience, uh, not to God, not to truth, but to the edicts of the state. So, you know, sometimes when I think about these things, we need courage. But I just thought um, this is the opposite of what it meant to be an American. Right. And the thing is, it's like you 
don't have to be a Christian to, to benefit from the Ten Commandments. Yes, I mean, uh, that's a lot thing. of people believe in the Ten Commandments, Absolutely. even if they don't believe in Jesus it's as their Savior. It's a good, moral, civil way to treat one another and to live in mm-hmm. and for yourself. And many cultures ethically. have the Ten Commandments as that's the right. foundation to their civility. Exactly. Yeah. You know, so Coach Kennedy, you know, he was exonerated, yeah, but wow, goodness. what a price he paid. And I mean, I guess that's why courage is the word for this year that you and I are choosing to, right. to focus on, right? So. So let me take it back to one's emotional health. Okay. All right. Okay. Being a person who seeks the truth, being a person who speaks the truth in love and care and concern for others, that's a foundation of emotional psychological health. Yeah, I think so too. It, it really is. And one of the great issues in our culture today is that we are more and more culture that seeks satisfaction in self-centered introspection. Right. Primarily. Well, say that again. <laughs> Self-centered <laughs> introspection. Yeah. But people think that's going to heal them. And it's not. Right. I mean, even our own goals most of the time, and I say ours as in, in general, you know, right. people, people, because we're selfish human beings, are self-directed and self-centered. Yeah. And that's often the barrier to making, making, you know, these healthy changes in our lives, especially when it comes to our relationship with other people. Well, you know, the, I mean, that just seems so basic what you just said. I, I don't like to use the word simple, but basic, simple, foundational. Um, but it it's really a challenge today, especially in a world that has decided there are no foundational truths. Um, and if they believe that, how do they expect to live abundant lives? I, I love there's an article by Ben uh, Shapiro, and he's not a Christian. He's Jewish. No, so, right. again, this shows the power of these moral principles, right? Mm-hmm. And he was quoting, um, I think, Pope Benedict in an article that he wrote called The Death of Eternal Truths mm-hmm. and in the New Paragrimes. He's the he, one that just passed away. Yeah, right? the, the, the pope that resigned his commission as right, pope. Yeah, right. And, at, you know, so the, here's a guy. He was one of these guys. His life was marked by an adherence to a belief and eternal truths above all. And listen to what he said in a 2008 meeting. He said, truth means more than knowledge. Knowing the truth leads us to discover the good. We observe with distress the notion of freedom being distorted. Freedom is not an opting out. It's an opting in, Hmm. a participation in being, actually becoming something. Authentic freedom can never be attained by turning away from God. And then he also, uh, Shapiro noted um, later on in his discussion, he said in a recent interview with the Wall Street Journal, social science psychologist, uh, Jonathan Haidt, he spelled out what happens when we turn our gaze inward rather than outward, like you were just talking about, mm-hmm. selfish introspection. He said, Generation Z, he said, has been sucked into the vortex of narcissism, jealousy, and isolation. And mm-hmm. according to him, there has never been a generation more depressed, anxious, and fragile. Yeah. And yet we think this is a good thing. Right. And there's yeah. several reasons that that happened. And I mean, Technology has a lot to do with well, that. Well, that's part of it because yeah. you never stop introspecting and putting yourself. And a lot under of comparisons the are, yeah, a lot of comparisons are happening for them. Anyway, it's it's right. a, that's a whole presentation I do in school, so uh, that's a that's a lot. Yeah. But anyway, I'd like to comment a bit on Shapiro's article, beginning with Pope Benedict's statement, where he said truth means more than knowledge. Okay. Knowing the truth leads us to discover the good. I like that a lot. I mean, if we do not have the truth, we do not have knowledge. Right. We don't. We don't have reality. And I think, no, I believe that is where many of us live right now. And it's a uh, very unrealistic falsity in place of dissolution and untruth. And Pope Benedict also said um, authentic truth and freedom is an opting in a like p- participation in being. And that comes back to what we were talking about with Generation Z. Well, because if this isn't a directive to them, 
uh, to get out of their bubbles and jump into life, to stop isolating behind screens, to stop emoting over every single iota they find discomforting, and look to how they can individually have responsibility to comfort someone else, individually become experts in some contributing and meaningful work. I mean, I don't know what is. Yeah, and again, all of us are being tempted away from these things, like you said, right? I mean, we're all being tempted to go behind the screen. We're all being tempted to, to check out of life. I love what the Pope said, jump back in. Yeah. Because you were meant to live. Right. And some have never even jumped in to begin with. Period. So that, period. Yeah. You know, and they're afraid. They don't even know how to engage. Well, and that's, folks, that's what we're talking about. So courage. Courage to do what? To do what's right. Well, what is right? Well, the Ten Commandments literally compels us to a different way to live. Mm-hmm. And it does warn us of consequences of immorality or amorality to the, contra- to the contrary. So trust God, His Word. And so here's some of those words. Honor your parents. Respect life. Respect property. Marital commitment. Don't steal. Envy or covet what others have. Be nice to your wife. Be nice to your husband. (laughs) But, you know, when you look at this, you know, speak well of people. But, you know, even the Prince Harry thing that's going on here when he's dumping all over his family, this is this is not the way we are as a people. You know, I mean, if you do got some issues, okay, deal with them. But anyway, Mm -hmm. narcissism is 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 throw your family under the bus so you can make money. (laughs) And there's money in it today. A lot. Yeah. Well, get rewarded for that. We got to speaking trash. Well, so I just think that's why courage is needed because, like you just said, that's, it's literally jumping back into to living life and becoming the human being mm-hmm. uh, that God created you to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so courage to speak the truth and love first to ourselves, then to others. There are many listening who realize that's exactly where they are, but they're stuck. And I know that you work with people, you know, to empower them to get unstuck, mm-hmm. whether you work at Condescent Counseling and Coaching. Um, can you just share a little bit with our listeners about uh, the fact that help is available? Oh, it absolutely is available. Okay. And we'd love to be even more helpful to you in living your best life for yourself and for others. And if you'd like to know more about how to do that, give us a call. You can reach out to us online or at uh, 636-368-5383. Again, that number is 636 368 5383. And we offer in-person as well as virtual sessions. Okay. Um, so anyway, we've been talking about courage, but yeah. it has been mostly personal, which is very, very good. But there's even more, right? Well, there is. You know, and so much of what is nefarious today is the notion that you can uh, espouse the teachings of the Bible, mm-hmm. you know, at least I mean, our culture is saying that, but you can't live it out publicly yeah. for everybody to see. We let virtually every other lifestyle, I mean, be foisted upon us in our entertainment, sports, education, politics, whatever, but somehow striving for the truths of Scripture is harmful. So that's what's—it's just kind of ridiculous. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we we could do several programs to show why this is, but for now, let's just say this. Folks, now's the time to live out our lives as people striving to be faithful to God and loving others on His terms publicly and let the chips fall where they may. Why? Because others need it just like we do. And we can't let the pressure to be silent overwhelm us when we know these moral truths and this gracious message of the Bible is true. That's true for me, true for you, true for all of us. So, you know, it shouldn't surprise people. I mean, again, you want to get very basic about this. Jesus says, look, I am the way. I am the truth. Mm -hmm. I am the life. No one gets to the Father uh, except through me. And that statement got him in big trouble. But for those of us who trust him, he promises abundant life. He delivers. And wasn't it ironic that Disney, in their Disney parade this year, their nativity celebration decided to vocally dismiss those words of Jesus himself when they said for the first time, yeah. mind you, this was the first time they ever did it, 
This is what they said. We all know that Jesus is just a man. Yeah. And they said it five times in this During Christmas the, parade that yeah. was supposed to end up with the nativity, which has always been a very spiritual and relatively faithful practice right. up till this year. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, and so they, they were leaving our moral life completely relative and up to us. <laughs> yeah, up to us. Well, you know, I kind of felt that way about the Rockettes show, too, when they yeah. took away the one solitary life. Yeah. Part. Oh, that's right. They you took know. that away. That changed everything for and me. And that's what made it so powerful it was everybody waited for that they took that away you know i just it it is an ironic though because now at at, at this point now i guess it seems it's almost expected and i hate to even say this it's accepted yeah well that's why we need to stop right and that's why i think again we're not asking that people necessarily uh get behind everything we say but we're saying let us be free to live out this way of living for the sake of others um i know there are people who disagree with the bible's view of jesus mm-hmm. uh, but many are convinced uh, that the moral teachings of the bible are authoritative for a civil society nonetheless and we That's can right. demonstrate it we just want the ability to live those lives publicly for ourselves and for others and that means our culture our entertainment our education courage says now's the time uh we're gonna we're, we're gonna be a part of this culture we're going to step back in mm-hmm. you know to these things so that's why i love what just recently happened in the nfl mm-hmm. i do i you know i've struggled with the, polit- the politics becoming part of sports you know right. that right um but there are still moments when the secular anti-truth people can't compel us against our conscience and against our values yeah you're talking about the buffalo bills player right damar hamlin yeah 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 the response to his heart stopping, stopping in the middle of the game yeah, he almost died on the field and by the way there was a guy back in the 50s who who did die in the field, and his wife actually talked to uh, Hamlin and his family because oh, it was a real wow. tragedy. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it, it was amazing. Here's a league that will let you kneel against virtually everything else, but kneel to pray. They actually have a rule against that. You can't do that. <laughs> but you, you know? can kneel to everything. You can else, kneel to everything but not else, to but none of this prayer stuff. And, but look, when <laughs> so life comes stupid. down to the basics, you know what? Like the basics, like what kind of person am I? What kind of life have I lived? These life and death moments where the game didn't seem to matter. Virtually every one of those guys got down on their knees. Yeah. Powerfully, powerfully, big, strong, tough men, their coaches, not to protest, not to advance an agenda. And um, almost say, we don't care what the the, the rules of the league are. We're going to pray mm-hmm. to God for Hamlin, for his family, for his life. And so some of the toughest, you know, even the meanest men in our mm-hmm. culture, uh, kneeling to pray to God. I think when we start to publicly say, you know what? We don't care what the rule is in this case. We're going to do what we know is spiritually uh, and ethically right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that, was, that's a start. That is a start. And, and, that, and this isn't merely a courage to do what I think is right, right type of thing. We have... A lot of that going on yeah. right now. And that's very destructive in yeah. a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah, this was a time when the players and the coaches pointed us to something much bigger than ourselves, regardless of what it meant for them at the moment. Mm-hmm. I realize, you know, that uh, there there isn't much punishment for, for that yet, but mm-hmm. that's the spirit of what we're talking about today. Yeah, I mean, they did the right thing, and they didn't yeah. have to pay for it, like we're seeing some other people, like a Jordan Peterson or some of those others. Yeah. But I think that day is unfortunately coming. Oh, I know. I mean, even the 12 Steps Recovery Program that's used by AA right. helps people maintain abstinence from addictions by focusing them to God right. for their healing and to others for a more purposeful life. So again, you know, can you imagine if a way of living flowed from the knowledge that there is a God who created you? He ordered you morally. He directed you. He really loves you and that he wants what's best for your life and for your relationships. And can you imagine people saying, we want to live this publicly? Yeah. I think uh, courage to do that. So courage to do what is right. Mm-hmm. Faithfulness to God rather than faithful mess. Oh, I like that. <laughs> I know. Faithful mess. I know. Did you come up with that I just did, now? I did. I'm so I, good. Actually, I kind of like that. <laughs> 
But I never leave faithful messes. Okay. Well, I won't, we'll talk. That's another discussion. But but seriously, okay, the courage to do what's right, faithfulness okay. to God rather than faithful mess, and blessing others. That's okay. a tall order in this world, isn't it? Right. And it's really bent on itself morally, psychologically, politically, and even religiously. But courage is the notion that something outside of ourselves mm-hmm. can be trusted, right. that there are truths that have stood the test of time and that can be followed implemented and shared for our good and the good of others. And and again, remember, there is a psychological good to facing life from that perspective of truth. I think so. Yeah. Truth is knowledge. It is certainty. It equips us to think, be, and act courageously. And listen, we are, each of us, each one of us is already equipped to be the best person to best fulfill our purpose if we focus on the truth and we know who that is. I like that too. Yeah, I know. I'm really good is. today, aren't I? I know. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, so, I, but what do you think? I, I do like that. And Well, now you're hinting at another one of my favorite Bible verses in Psalm 23. Uh, and again, for those of you who may not know that Psalm, it's the one that everyone reads at their funeral. <laughs> okay. Oh, <laughs> but the, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Yeah. And every time I hear it at a funeral, I wish they would have read that as a framework for how to live their lives every day of their lives. Uh, they live their best courageous lives right yeah. now yeah. because at the end of the psalm it says this yea though i walk through the valley of the shadow of death i mean no matter what's going on in my life i will not i will fear no evil for you're with me just like mm-hmm. you said uh, we know who the truth is mm-hmm. right but then and i love this this is how you live when you know the truth. Mm-hmm. It's a surely goodness and mercy will pursue us, will follow us all the days of our life, and, and we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's what we mean by the truth, and that truth is for you. And that means you can start to count on that. Mm-hmm. You know, you can really count on it. So that was meant to empower your lives for today, not just at the end of your life uh, when it seems like it matters most. So can you imagine? Having that kind of confidence to face your struggles, your troubles, your challenges, even your fears. Having a surely goodness and mercy follows me. Confidence. Yeah. And that gives courage too, right? And I I guess that's why Coach Kennedy's prayers were so challenging. He was was saying that there are things bigger than football, even though he wanted to be the best football coach he could be. And he talks about that. I mean, those NFL players, coaches were saying much the same, I think. Yeah, they were. And they, uh, you know, so the courage to live life morally and graciously from God's perspective in the Bible will take courage today, unfortunately. Yeah. But but maybe that means that people will see how such a life is so magnificently different, too. Well, sometimes, yeah. When you have these, these inflection points, then you really do see differences, right? I know two people right now that are reflecting that for me. That I, yeah, yeah. I, I, I tell you. But that. inflection points as long as you can start to see the truth and see what it really does. So, you know, in the grand scheme of things, we can all look back on individuals who lived those courageous lives of faith toward us when we didn't deserve it. So we too could see God's power in our lives in spite of our weaknesses and sins to the contrary. So, folks, I, listen, I, you know, we're just here today. We're, 2023 is a year where people will hopefully begin to see the contrasts mm-hmm. between people who say my truth versus <laughs> the truth. That's right. And those are two different ways of life. And, and hopefully by seeing that, you're going to start to see that there is a way to live life that leads to life with God, the, the life that God wants us all to have. So. Yeah. Speaking the truth in love, maturing into that way of living for our sake and as well for the sake of others, that would be a better world in which to live. Yeah, and courage says that's a beautiful thing. So let's have more of that uh, in 2023 and beyond. And always remember, there are two kinds of fire in the world. The one that burns and consumes. And the one that burns and empowers. May God's word and God's love burn brightly in you, giving you strength to face any fire. 
New Year's blessings, little embers. Okay. I'm Marie. <laughs> and I'm Greg. See, See you, you soon. Through the Fire is a production of Family Vision Media. FamilyVisionMedia.org.